A reading from To Bless the Space Between Us by John O'Donohue, A Book of Blessings. Page 198 and 199. A blessing is a protective circle of light. What is a blessing? A blessing is a circle of light drawn around a person to protect, heal, and strengthen. Life is a constant flow of emergence. The beauty of blessing is its belief that it can affect what unfolds. To be in the world is to be distant from the homeland of wholeness. We are confined by limitation and difficulty. When we bless, we are enabled somehow to go beyond our present frontiers and reach into the source. A blessing awakens future wholeness. A blessing awakens future wholeness. We use the word foreshadow for the imperfect representation of something that is yet to come. We could say that a blessing forebrightens the way. <laughs> when a blessing is invoked, a window opens in eternal time. A window opens in eternal time. The word blessing comes from the Old English. Blightian, I cannot say this. As intimidated in the sound of bledsian, please forgive me. It means to sanctify or consecrate with blood. It is interesting that though the word blessing sounds abstract, a thing of the word and the air, in its original meaning, it was vitally connected to the life force. In ancient traditions, blood was life. It connected the earthly, the human, and the divine. To bless also means to invoke divine favor upon. We never see the script of our lives, nor do we know what is coming toward us or why our life takes on this particular shape or sequence. A blessing is different from a greeting, a hug, a salute, or an affirmation. It opens a different door in human encounter. One enters into the forecourt of the soul, the source of intimacy and the compass of destiny. Our longing for the eternal kindles our imagination to bless. Regardless of how we configure the eternal, the human heart continues to dream of a state of wholeness, a place where everything comes together, where loss will be made good, where blindness will transform into vision, where damage will be made whole, where the clenched question will open in the house of surprise, where the travails of a life's journey will enjoy a homecoming. To invoke a blessing is to call some of that wholeness upon a person right. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heartlifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Oh, 
Heartlifter. Welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I am so excited to be holding this space and having this conversation with you today. It's just me today. It's going to be you and me because I want to bring to the table uh, something that I have been wanting to talk about for quite some time, but we've had so many great guests that I just couldn't squeeze it in. But today is the day because I want to talk about something that has been coming to the surface in a whole lot of my clients' um, heartlifting journey, and that is personal agency. And I've turned to several good, solid experts to help us understand what personal agency is, and so we're going to define it right here in the get-go. I've touched upon it in other episodes, but today's whole entire episode is dedicated to understanding what it means to have personal agency. Defined, it's one's capability. So right here at the get-go, we're going to circle capability because you know how much I love the word capable. Capable just means we can hold more and more. We can do more, okay? Capability is something that God breathes into us. We have a capacity and we have a capability because God's breath lives in us. So it is a capability to originate and direct actions for given purposes. It is influenced by the belief in one's effectiveness in performing specific tasks. Mm. So I circled three things here already. It is so intertwined, this sense of personal agency is built around the first chord of our threefold chord of emotional health in this community, and that is a healthy sense of self. Then we have a healthy sense, healthy behavior patterns and healthy communication skills. So for today, we're dedicating this entire episode to our first chord in our threefold chord, a healthy sense of self. And a healthy sense of self in our community, we equate that with having a God-breathed identity. We go back to Genesis 2-7, and we Go back to that moment when God had an idea to create us and he took the dust of the earth and he breathed into us his breath. Yes, from his nostrils to ours, he breathed into us his breath and his breath was filled, is filled with capacity and capability and potential and purpose and virtue and values and power. That is living inside of us. But when and if we're born into a family, perhaps that we would identify as dysfunctional or a family that's unhealthy, one that's incapable in a sense. So here's that tension. We're always holding two tensions, right? When we're born into a family that does not give us that beautiful gift of secure attachment, Please go back and listen to that if you're not familiar, and it is in the show notes. When we're not given that sense that I am seen, I am heard, I am known, I belong, I am safe, and I am secure, then we possess, we grow into something called insecure attachment. And so when we're talking about personal agency, When we're born into a situation where perhaps we aren't in a secure household, we do not get 
the development of a sense of agency. So in my work, I speak a lot about agency, agency, agency. And I really just want us to understand today how vital it is to reimagine this sense of personal agency when perhaps we have not been given it in our childhood or in our adolescence. So we're focusing primarily on those of us who have had to later in life reimagine what is personal agency and how do I develop that and how do I move now in my life with that operating. But it's also useful in leadership, church ministry, staff, any relationships that we meet, because you will see and find that personal agency actually affects many aspects of our life. And it is absolutely 100% intertwined into this four-letter word that makes many of us uncomfortable, particularly those of us who have been involved in the Judeo-Christian worldview, self, S-E-L-F. Yes. Oh, I've heard from the critics, don't worry if I talk about self-love or self-care, But when you are talking about personal agency, this capacity and capability to originate and direct actions for given purposes influenced by the belief in your own effectiveness in performing specific tasks, you cannot talk about it without talking about the self. Listen to all the ways it's intertwined. It involves knowing and understanding your self-worth your self-image, your self-esteem, your self-motivation, your self-sufficiency, self-efficacy, we've already mentioned that, self-concept, self-perception. This is why a healthy sense of self is critical. Because if it's, if it's not, we have developed maladaptive ways of moving through the world We have to know our value. We have to know our worth and we have to know our dignity. To better understand this whole concept of how to develop more personal agency, I turned to a magazine article uh, by Paul Knapper and Anthony Anthony Rao. And they write this story. Leslie and Josh came to therapy to talk about their son's problems in school. But it soon became apparent that they had a different problem altogether, one common to working parents. Their daily routine included a dizzying array of activities and responsibilities that kept them constantly stressed. Getting their kids out the door to school was an ordeal, involving much haranguing and eating on the run. After working long hours, they arrived home to a laundry list of other duties. Constant interruptions from electronic devices made them feel on call to their workplaces and disengaged from each other. Though unhappy, they didn't know what to do or how to make a change. So they went to an experienced child and family psychologist, which is Anthony Rao, and a management psychologist, who is Paul Knapper, and they were both struck with the common concerns. They said they hear this over and over and over again from people who come to see them, and I am adding, I hear it all the time. In fact, I have said it myself. They feel overwhelmed by life. Well, we just reimagined overwhelm. You can go back and and listen to that beautiful podcast conversation. They struggle to make choices and decisions. They often feel stuck, adrift, or thwarted. Let me pause. Have you ever felt any of those at all? 
Remember, we're living in a global pandemic. We're not only in facing our own individual traumas or trying to heal from individual traumas, little t, middle t, big t, but we're also in a collective global trauma. And now we have the trauma of war on facing us 24-7. And it's, it's so difficult. For many of us, the pace of life has accelerated to a level where we can't fully adapt. We exist in a buzz of worry that we're not doing what we're meant to do, and the anxiety we feel in turn makes it difficult to get things done, creating a spiral of inaction. Okay, this is why I loved this article, and I wanted to bring it to the forefront. It was that little phrase right there, creating a spiral of inaction. I don't know if I am the only one experiencing a spiral of inaction, but the state of overwhelm that I have been sharing about has led to that kind of spiral of inaction. There's just so much going on in the world. And um, they, they proffer, they give us this advice. What we need is more agency. Wow. I don't know about you, but I paused when I was reading. I thought, what does this have to do? What is overwhelm have to do with agency. So in my work, which is typically multi-levels and layers, once again, I'm seeing the synergistic movement happening of a state of overwhelm moving towards a loss of personal agency. It particularly, this becomes particularly dangerous or debilitating when in fact, You don't even know you have personal agency and you're trying to earn that. So stick with me because we're going to get to some great, helpful um, ideas here. So what we need is more agency, the ability to cut through all of what pulls at us, find emotional and physical balance, think more clearly, and advocate for ourselves. Oh. So we can take a course of action that makes sense. With personal agency, here is our teachable takeaway. With personal agency, we can feel more in command of our lives. What? Oh my goodness. Heartlifters. This made me stop again because what I've been hearing, not only in my own personal heartlifting journey, my work, my therapy, my introspection, I'm hearing it in my clients. Wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be in command of my own life. Especially, once again, those of us who have been raised in that Western tradition that God is in control. And he is. Well, he is, in fact, in control. I truly do believe that. And so I started studying and researching again, and I came to this beautiful article uh, by New Spring Church. And it says, does God want to control me? Because that was what was at the end. That was what was causing me some, some rub, some tension here. Wait a minute. I'm not allowed to think for myself. God thinks for me maybe I'm the only one in the struggle. I sure hope not. 
But they write in this article, let's be honest, Christianity can seem like a lot of rules to follow, especially if you read the Old Testament. There are pages upon pages of guidelines that seem impersonal and confusing. Is God trying to control our behavior? Let's look at it a different way. What do you call something that is controlled by somebody else? So the controlled word here is important because it it lends to our conversations of the past where we're talking about being led by an authoritarian or an authority. And they're very different in context. And so what do we call something that is controlled by somebody else? A robot. If we are robots, we'd just automatically do whatever we are programmed to do. That's some dangerous language we're getting to, we're getting at here, right? Being controlled by somebody else, being programmed to do what they tell us to do can sound a lot like being in a cult. And so I'm just bringing this hard conversation to the table because it is a journey I've been on for many years. I actually have allowed other people to think for me and make decisions for me. And if they didn't give me a prophetic word, thus says the Lord, then I didn't feel permission. I didn't feel that I had personal agency. And heartlifters, that's a very dangerous place from which to live our lives. So we're having a hard conversation today. We need to have these uh, every now and then. Robots can't love and enjoy someone else. Robots can't love and enjoy their life. Robots cannot be sorry for their sins. Robots cannot choose to turn back to God. And this author writes, Jesus didn't come to earth, die, and resurrect to save robots. He came to save people. People with their own stories, their own desires, their own shortcomings, their own failings, their own misaligned expectations. That, my friends, is the Jesus I know and love. He is a a Jesus that did not come to shame us. He he does convict us. He does bring us to a a state of awareness of our uh, disobedience or perhaps where we're not living a life that is worthy of Him. In Romans 12, 1, the Apostle Paul writes, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. This is truly the way to worship Him. Does that sound, heartlifters, like a God who's asking a person to be obedient? Or is he asking someone to be controlled under a rigid robotic code of behavior? They conclude that God doesn't want to control you. He wants to transform you. And that's really what I wanted to bring to the beautiful table today in our conversation. It's where I've been really doing some heart-wrenching work. wrestling with both hands here, right? Giving God, surrendering to God, allowing God my heart, allowing Him uh, to move in my life, but on the same hand, knowing that I am in command of my life. I am in command of my choices. I have been given a will to choose. 
I have been given permission to make choices in my life that are in my best interest. And I like to always add to our conversations that as we become more healthy, emotionally and mentally, when we understand that God himself breathed into us this personal agency, he gave that to us because he trusts us to do the right thing. He trusts us just as much as we trust him. So I wanted to go over these seven steps to creating more personal agency in your life because I found them to be personally so helpful that we are being given in Paul Knapper and Anthony O'Rao's new book, The Power of Agency. And they write, we have to learn to control stimuli. Agency begins with what you let into your mind, meaning what comes in from your environment. I write all about this, Heartlifters, in depth and teach about it in uh, my book, Stronger Every Day and the new online course, 90 Minutes, Nine Tools, that break apart and break down those nine tools in Stronger Every Day. So if you want to understand how to save your mental energy for the essentials, please refer back to Stronger Every Day Tool 9 and be sure to take advantage of um, the online guide where I guide you in a very simple, very basic, practical way so that you can begin implementing and understanding what, how, when, and why you need personal agency moving in your life. To help you increase your agency, practice going to quiet and screen-free spaces to escape overstimulation. That may mean spending time in nature, turning off your phone notifications while at work, or avoid eating in loud cafeterias. I write all about that. Please spend time in tool nine. Two, they say associate selectively. It's impossible not to be affected by those around us, right? It's 24-7 chatter in our ears. It's easy to catch the emotions of other people. Well, I am an empath. I'm an intuitive. I have been practicing associate selectively for a very long time. You know, our brains tend to sync up when we associate with other people. I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. They're designed to do that. We need each other. That means you should set boundaries with difficult people, disentangle yourself from negative online interaction, and be more conscious of how you might be vulnerable to group think. One main way, I think, um, of associating selectively is to really limit your doom scrolling, doom and gloom. There's so much doom and gloom. I know, I know, I know. So surround yourself, Heartlifter. Be very conscious of who you are surrounding yourself with or how much news you're listening to. And if you're in a house where you cannot have personal agency, maybe you're living with your parents, etc., somehow start a conversation. Somehow, some way, dig deep. And as you understand that you now as an adult possessed this capability of personal agency, of using your voice, of speaking, of using your words to speak and say what you mean, you will see the atmosphere around you begin to change, perhaps not immediately, but as you continue to do that. Their third step is to move. Hmm. 
This is a hard one for many of us because we feel stuck. We feel like we can't. They say physical movement, though, along with proper rest and nutrition, puts your body and mind into balance, gives you greater motivation, strength, and stamina. Research has proven it. We talk a lot about that here, that sitting a lot is dangerous for your health. It raises your cortisol. It makes you gain weight. I am raising my hand. And that even short breaks from concentrated periods of inactivity like getting up, stretching, walking around the block are good for you. Four, you're going to position yourself as a learner. Well, if you're in this community, you're committed to always learning, always listening, always watching for fresh insights. People with high levels of personal agency are continually learning. That means they have a growth mindset. Go back to our episode on growth mindsets versus fixed mindsets. A growth mindset is something you can put on at any moment, any second. Maybe you've had a fixed mindset your whole life, but Heartlifter, today's the day to put on a growth mindset and start expanding your capacity to learn by adopting a more open, collaborative approach to everything in life. Nurture your curiosity. Allow yourself to explore new ideas, skills, people. Take an interesting class. Learn something new. Practice a growth mindset. You can do that practice. Five, manage your emotions and beliefs. Well, I wrote a whole book about that. So if you need that, you can just hit Stronger Every Day or my second book, Overcoming Hurtful Words. And like I said before, the new online guide is so good and it's so swift and efficient. It will increase your self-efficacy 100%. So when we manage our emotions and beliefs, you know, it just changes our world. It's that emotion regulation that we talk about. Too often we operate from unconscious beliefs. As I said in the beginning, our self-efficacy depends on a whole lot about what our belief system is based on. So we're working on two things at once. I love this. Some of our unconscious beliefs, they write, or I'm too old to learn a new job or skill. No one will ever want to be in a relationship with me. You know those thoughts. Without being aware of how they thwart us from even trying certain things. Well, the one quickest way to begin managing your emotions and beliefs, Heartlifter, is to practice awareness. To just watch how you're crossing the threshold of your home. Watch how you're moving in your relationships with your wife, your husband, your partners, your children. How are your words affecting the atmosphere of your home? Six, check your intuition. Stay tuned for a future episode on that because it's coming. Think of intuition as your deep inner knowledge. I call it my knower. That is comprised of millions of data points that our brains have observed over the course of our lives. When used wisely, it can be a tremendous boost to our creativity and help us make important decisions. And that will increase your capacity for personal agency. Many of us are familiar with visceral gut feelings about people or things, such as when you meet a new boss or sense something right away. Is, it's just there's something about it. Your knower, my knower goes into alarm. So we want to begin to practice awareness and practice training that sense of discernment and that sense of intuition. Strategic intuition is a second type, and I just want to introduce it because they do such a good job of explaining it. It's more intentional. So strategic intuition is, for example, when you decide to stop thinking about a particularly vexing problem at work. 
And while on a long run in the shower or after meditating, a solution avails itself. So you just give it space. You give it room. You make a strategic, intentional choice. And then their seventh and last practice is deliberate, then act. People with low personal agency question themselves. They second-guess themselves. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This has been very prevalent in my life lately, and I just keep hearing the beautiful scripture that says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. A double-minded woman is unstable in all of her ways. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. That is a hard-fought principle that I continue in this hour, in this day, trying to activate in my life, to deliberate and then act. People with low personal agency, people with a, a, without a capacity, perhaps, an underdeveloped capacity or capability to know and to say what they mean and to use their mind and their voice and give themselves that permission to speak. People with this low personal agency experience common impediments when trying to make sound decisions. They procrastinate, they obsess over details, or they worry excessively during the process. They may lack confidence. They may be risk-averse. Heartlifters, that is also an affect of not receiving or not being able to utilize personal agency as a child to say, stop doing that to me. I don't like it when you say that about me. When we're children, we do have a limited personal agency. And the more dysfunctional or the more unhealthy our family of origin, the less personal agency we have. We're not even asked what we think. So as we grow and mature, we're developing the skill that what I think is important, what I have to say is important, and how I say it is even more important. So when making an important decision, like where to move or how to advance your career, it's helpful just to stop and deliberate. Put yourself in an environment conducive to reflection and exploration and make sure you have time and make sure your emotions are calm. Then focus on the issue at hand enough to clarify your primary actions, enough to clarify your primary actions and objectives and what is at stake. Ask yourself a lot of open-ended questions. Recently, when I was in that state of having to make a very, very critical, important decision, that's what I did. I cleared my calendar. I spent many, many hours um, walking, reflecting, thinking. I asked very, very two or three wise counsels for their guidance. And I read God's word, I prayed, I screamed and yelled at times, and I just kept moving through the agitation that I felt. I kept moving through um, old limiting beliefs. I kept moving through old feedback loops that are unhealthy until I got to that solid sense of, I know what I'm thinking, I know what is right, I know what I need to do, and I need to just do it. My yes needs to be yes. My no needs to be no. So let us close with a beautiful blessing by John O'Donohue for the time of necessary decision. The mind of time is hard to read. We can never predict what it will bring. 
nor even from all that is already gone can we say what form it finally takes. For time gathers its moments secretly. Often we only know it's time to change, when a force has built inside the heart that leaves us uneasy as we are. Perhaps the work we do has lost its soul, or the love where we once belonged calls nothing alive in us anymore. We drift through this gray, increasing nowhere until we stand before a threshold we know we have to cross to come alive once more. May we have the courage to take the step into the unknown that beckons us. Trust that a richer life awaits us there, that we will lose nothing but what has already died. Feel the deeper knowing in us, sure of all that is about to be born beyond the pale frames where we stay confined. Not realizing how such vacant endurance was bleaching our soul's desire. Heartlifter, may you have the courage to take the step into the unknown that's beckoning you today. Trusting that a richer life awaits you there, that you're going to lose nothing because it's already died, and you are going to feel the deeper knowing in you, sure of all that is about to be born beyond the pale frames where you have stayed confined. I want you to find your voice, know your value, and Heartlifter, I want you to exercise personal agency in every sphere of your life. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity. Dignity.